Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, I spoke to Joseph Wilson at Xenoff BPO all about how outsourcing could be the strategy that you have been looking for. We go through all of the different examples of how they're working with their customers to make it easier for them to provide the best customer experience while leaving some of the administrative tasks and different tasks that are taking up way too much time to Xenoff. And if you're not thinking about outsourcing as a part of your strategy, you might want to take a listen to this episode to figure out what you're missing out on or how it can really take your business to the next level. It was a really interesting episode, so I hope you enjoyed it. But remember, if you missed it, you can catch up over at letstalksupplychain.com on our YouTube channel or anywhere else that you subscribe to the show. It was episode 254. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. And now a word from our sponsor. It's time to take control over your supply chain with Cavallo. Cavallo is a distribution management solutions provider founded by an experienced distributor who spent two decades perfecting and optimizing Cavallo's high-powered user-friendly software. Cavallo offers the ability to have complete control of your process with automated workflows that offer business rules and alert logic that will streamline your distribution operations. Leverage Cavallo's state-of-the-art business intelligent platform that provides real-time intelligence of your customers' orders, alerting you if they are out of compliance or even better, bringing awareness to areas in your business that are driving exceptional value. With a data-driven approach to supply chain management, Cavallo enables a network of cloud, on-prem, and integrated solutions that offer a path to excellence no matter where you are in your technical journey. For more information on how to accelerate growth with Cavallo's business intelligent platform and its game-changing distribution management software, visit Cavallo, C-A-V-A-L-L-O.com today. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. It is another new month and we are in spring, everybody. It's been a long winter. I don't know about you, but for us here in Toronto, it's definitely been a long winter. So today I'm excited to welcome a passionately customer-focused leader to our Woman in Supply Chain series. Can you guess who it is? Well, I'll let you know after the poll of the week. And so this poll is something that everybody is talking about. And this question that we asked you is, are there more doors or wheels in the world? Well, as supply chainers, it did not surprise me that 58% of you said wheels, 42% of you said doors, and we had 650 votes. Let's see what some of the community had to say in the comments. Tom says, in my house alone, I stopped counting at 
30 doors. I only have six wheels on the car, one on my wheelbarrow, four on my lawnmower. So he really did a deep dive into what he has at his house. Curtis says my son probably has 400 wheels in his room alone because of all of his RC cars and Matchbox cars, as well as... Cheryl says, is a doorknob a wheel? If so, doors will also have wheels. Some of what I said on Thoughts and Coffee a few weeks ago was that all of the drawers in your house also have wheels as well, which we don't tend to really think about it. Uh, Shimon says, this has been a very viral topic and the assumptions and imagination behind the inference only gets better. Jennifer, think of all the Hot Wheels cars. John uh, says that uh, he is not about this particular question. (laughs) And Matthew says, my argument would be that though there are many wheeled vehicles in this world, a large amount of those vehicles also have just as many doors. Chris says, it's a good question. I say wheels, but what makes a door a door? Interesting. He's got a lot of questions around that as well. And Jason says, would we only count wheels that are tires? And Emily says, don't forget that gears are technically wheels. Well, I'm telling you, that was a really fun discussion. So go and check it out over on our Let's Talk Supply Chain LinkedIn page for all of those comments so that you can read through those. Thank you to everybody who participated in our poll of the week. We do it every single Wednesday morning, and we love to hear from you. We pick all sorts of different topics, and uh, it gets a lot of fun. So now back to today's podcast and the wonderful woman in supply chain I have with me today is Marty Tagmeyer. An experienced logistics professional, Marty's knowledge and experience covers sales, operations, account management, and customer success. As a leader at Emerge, she's helping to reinvent freight procurement by putting customers firmly front and center. Today, Marty will be talking to us about her career so far, her passion for customer success, and the importance of collaboration and inclusion within supply chain. Plus, she'll be sharing her experiences as a woman in the industry, as well as her words of advice for all of the women following in her footsteps. This Woman in Supply Chain feature was made possible by our sponsor, Emerge. As a company focused on empowering and growing meaningful supply chain relationships, Emerge is proud to sponsor Woman in Supply Chain. Through its freight procurement platform, Emerge offers solutions that enhance the spot and contract procurement process, enabling shippers and carriers to make more strategic decisions. Visit them at EmergeMarket.com. So welcome to the show, Marty. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Happy Women's Day. Yes, happy International Women's Day. We are recording this on that day. It's been an epic day for us here at Let's Talk Supply Chain because we hit 45,000 followers. We had our 100th episode for my live stream show. I saw that. Yeah, and now you're here recording with me today for your episode of Women in Supply Chain. And I'm so excited to have you here. I mean, I love what you guys are doing over at Merge. We've had George Abernathy on the show to talk about the platform itself. And it's a really awesome offering. And so I'm I'm happy to have a woman on the show 
to go behind the scenes a little bit and hear all about your experiences, learn more about your journey, get some advice and just have some plain old fun. So I think we just need to dive right in. Let's start at the beginning. And that's kind of the best place to start. Tell us about your journey you've been on to get to where you are now. I mean, your education is in international relations, which lends itself really well to supply chain. But was that what you had in mind back then? Oh, well, yeah, that's a loaded question. Uh, asking someone, I mean, it, what was I, 19, 20? Uh, well, my my career did start technically back then when I was in college. I had the opportunity to study abroad, and I was uh, in a program that had me in Japan for over a year. So, nice. yeah, and then, you know, that kind of opened up my curiosity about the world and uh, also you know, it didn't really get me into supply chain right away. Uh, that mm-hmm. I'll explain at some point, I'm sure. But um, it definitely had me thinking outside of Lansing, Michigan. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I wanted the big city life. I was very intrigued about what else the world had to offer and um, and the worldly view. I think that initially I was thinking I would go into international law and or be in some sort of corporation where I could take people from overseas to dinner, to be honest, if you want to know where I thought I was going. (laughs) But yes, I would say I, I definitely got my start there. Amazing. And so then where did you go from there? Like, what does your journey kind of look like from, you know, that year in Japan all the way kind of until now? So, I actually graduated in December from Michigan State and went to Chicago. I moved to Chicago three days later. I just was like, I'm out of here. I'm out. I was ready for the big city. And when I got to the city, I essentially was like, okay, so now I need a big girl job. And I went to a temp agency. And at the temp agency, they placed me with a company um, and I was – determined to do anything I could just to be in the city with the hustle and bustle, taking the trains. And, and I uh, landed a a temp job with a company called Garrett Popcorn. And my family was like, Oh, what do you mean? You're going to go work for a popcorn company? (laughs) You know, um, turns out they're a big deal. And uh, they actually were on Oprah's favorite things show that, that upcoming Christmas. And that's when uh, everyone in Michigan was like, Hey, do you have the hookup? And uh, (laughs) (laughs) don't you love that? They're like, Oh, what kind of freebies or discounts do you get? Right. Right. So I, you know, I, I kind of, it's really entertaining to me to be with Emerge in a startup because actually that's what Garrett was then. I mean, they were only four shops on Michigan Avenue and they, um, was family owned and I was the receptionist to start. And then slowly, like I think a month later, cause they joked about it. I was the customer service manager. I mean, cause nice. we were an office of six people. So mm-hmm. um, that from that point, you know, taking care of customers was kind of like my niche. I was like involved in, you know, calming people down with their popcorn needs and uh, <laughs> all of that. Uh, Soon after that, they sold the company and a partnership came in and they had big plans for Garrett. So mm-hmm. um, the growth really did afford me a lot of opportunity. I was in 
assistant to operations. I parlayed that into procurement and was able to essentially figure out everything that the company needed in terms of ordering their ingredients, how they were packaged. I was critical to um, the warehouse development. So once they started fulfillment and e-commerce all came into play and, and as they grew, I grew. So I learned kind of in real time about the supply chain and that's essentially uh, how I got involved in, in becoming the logistics manager for them. Well, and what an amazing experience. I think, you know, when I was doing the research for, for the show, there's some incredible accomplishments there that I don't think that we should skim over. I think you established their supply chains in Singapore, Malaysia, Hong Kong. You actually also established processes in Abu Dhabi, Thailand, and Brazil. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Walk us through how you did that with really no experience. Yeah, so I, I think it all started with just the understanding of what was needed to make a batch of popcorn. I mean, really, that's how simple it was, you know, and then how many bags of this and, you know, pallets of this is needed to open a store. Right. And then it kind of turned into, uh, okay, so how many, you know, rows of warehouse space do we need? And we need somebody on the ground there that can go and vet out where these warehouses are. Yep. Now we worked with a, with a third party logistics brokerage, uh, a freight forwarding company. And I would just go over to, I think I spent three weeks and I traveled to Singapore, Malaysia, Hong Kong, Thailand, and back through Japan on that trip. And it was amazing, but it was, it, you know, to your point, it was I was a little over my head, you know, I I was figuring it out as I went, uh, making relationships, building trust, um, trying to figure out where the warehouse space made sense for us as a company and how many months of inventory could it hold and um, working with their uh, procurement side and trying to understand how to clear, clear trailers and and, excuse me, clear, um, containers. And, you know, it was just, it was an adventure and it was very valuable to my career. I learned a lot about myself. Uh, I was able to, you know, essentially try to figure out the communication barriers there. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I, I owe that job my career. I mean, it was just fantastic. Amazing. And thank you so much for sharing your accomplishments and, you know, really what was going through your head during that time. I mean, we all have moments of imposter syndrome and I'm sure that you probably had a few moments of that along the way, right? Well, sure. I think I was just uh, determined not to fail. You know, I was, I was going to figure it out and I was very aware that I was young and I was yeah. very aware that I was a female and in, yeah. you know, even more so there's the gap with the supply chain in different countries, you know? So I was very aware that I needed to show that I knew what I was doing. And, right. um, I, I feel like I did it, you know, I definitely was able to get things rolling for the company and, uh, they're still growing today. I will say Brazil was the hardest for me. I think that it was really difficult. I don't even know if we were successful because when I left, it was not even like I still had stuff that hadn't been cleared through customs that I had shipped 
I think a year and a half prior. So yeah, um, I would say that was probably the biggest challenge. Yeah. So I love that story because really it shows that as long as you have the right motivation, you can really do anything that you put your mind uh, to, right? And we have a live show called Coming in Hot with Abby Baird. She's a supply chain student and she talks about what it's like to break into a supply chain career as a young person right now. So do you think there are misconceptions around what young people think supply chain is and what all of the different strands actually are? And how do you think that's changed since you came in the industry? Well, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, I didn't go the route of, you know, supply chain through mm-hmm. college. I, um, Really, I don't even know what they'd be teaching them these days. I do know that I've gained a lot from experience because I mm-hmm. kind of had to take the ground running and I was introduced just by chance to the supply chain. I will say um, you have to be tough skinned. You have to be able to provide solutions. I think negotiation, negotiate, excuse me, negotiating is, is key to that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of young people... If there's not a class of negotiations, I have no idea um, what they're doing. Um, but I, I do, I do manage people that come right out of college. I, I definitely can tell you that there's not a misconception, but I do think that there's no right or wrong way to solve problems in this industry. Yep. And there's really no way to teach. Okay, so you're going to get out of school and you're going to go right over here and then you're going to log into this program and it's going to teach you, you know, there's just no right or wrong way to handle some of the situations that we get in this industry. But I can tell you that part is teachable. So I think experience is is key. I, I do really appreciate when the students come in and they have a fresh perspective, they have... Mm -hmm. They have the tools and the tech, technological ways of thinking, which I can yep. appreciate because I'm always like, hey, why don't you come show me, you know, how you would figure that out? And I, yeah. I appreciate that being older in, in the industry. That's for sure. Yeah, that's so great. I I feel the same way about that. And I think it's just about, you know, jumping in and trying it. I mean, you went to college for international relations. And in some respects, that does tie into supply chain, right? And so there's a variety of ways and different pathways that people can go that they might not actually realize is intertwined with supply chain. And so it's really just about getting in the industry and sort of figuring that out for yourself. But now... You know, your customer success manager at Emerge. So tell us about the role. What does a day in your life look like? Oh, gosh, no day looks the same. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> every day is different. I do love that about this job. I can, I can come in and solve different problems anywhere from, you know, weather related. I mean, there's lots of disruptions going on, especially now. So you've got right now we're, we're walking into a situation with uh, fuel you know, fuel is at an all time high. We've got, we're in the middle of the winter still in a lot of regions. Uh, We're working through the tail end, hopefully of this, uh, you know, pandemic. And so there's not a, not a day that looks like any other, but what I will say is that I manage a team of about seven account representatives that work with uh, a whole, whole portfolio of customers. And so Um, We work with the customer on the side of understanding the technical side, right? So we're technology first. We have an amazing platform where we're able to aggregate their freight. We're connecting our shippers with, you know, their 
their carriers, and we're allowing them to make decisions about their spend. And so, you know, it really is interesting, and it's the reason why it came on to Emerge. I've never seen another company that does this. So when you're talking about aggregating your freight with with our competitors, so, you know, where else do you see that being an opportunity for them? So um, we work with them. We work with the customers. We provide solutions. And we focus on my team heavily on being transparent, uh, helping the customers understand what these disruptions are and how to get through them. Amazing. And Emerge is the sponsor of our Woman in Supply Chain series right now. And so tell us about the culture there. I mean, is there a huge, you know, focus on diversity and inclusion and how do they do that? So Emerge is a very, uh, a very young, a very fun, energetic place to be in general. So already you have a party on the floor. I want to come in, everyone is just pumped and they're ready to go. So I would say uh, there's lots of diversity. There is a lot of inclusion. We have ladies at Emerge here. Uh, It's a group where we will get together, we'll do lunches, we'll have speakers. Uh, We also have done some happy hours. We're going to be starting a book club. So there's an opportunity for us to get together and really hear each other and and kind of work through struggles that maybe we are seeing within um, the industry. But also, I actually really like the opportunity to hear from veterans, you know, people that have paved the way for us. And when we have speakers, that I think is the most interesting part for me. Yeah, and I spoke about that earlier today in the fact that there's a lot of knowledge gaps, right, with uh, the baby boomers leaving the industry and leaving the workforce. And so there's a lot, there's a really big importance, right, on focusing on that and having those safe spaces and creating spaces for those conversations. And so I want to talk a little bit more about customer success um, because we've had a couple of people on the show recently and they talk about the the importance of customer experience and how vital it is, particularly with the growth in e-commerce. So um, tell me more about how you guys do it at Emerge, right? We're hearing more and more about customer success, those two words being put together as well as like customer experience. And so they're kind of tied into the same thing. So what do you think about the role of customer success in the market right now? I think it's truly important to separate yourself from other players in the industry and to be that one-stop shop, right? That easy button. I think that it's important to have a relationship with the customer and to know about them individually from their day-to-day business. I think that's going to separate you from anyone else. Because I think if if I want to have a conversation with a customer about what they're going to do with their procurement or what they're going to do um, with their RFP here in May. I think that I would rather ask them about how is their day and and know about what's going on and what conflicts they have and work our way to that, right? So Mm -hmm. in order to ask for a business, there has to be a trust there. And I think that the customer really does need to know that you're there for the long haul, not just to get their business. Yeah, it's so important. I mean, I just, I'm just i just off of TPM and the, the uh, focus for that was relationships matter. And it's very, very, very true in this industry, regardless of how many meetings we're doing on Zoom 
or regardless of whether we're working remotely or we're able to see each other in person or we're not able to see each other in person, relationships matter. And I truly felt that through COVID where I was reaching out to, they weren't even customers. They were just, you know, managers or supply chain professionals reaching out to them and say, hey, how are you doing? Right. And just making yeah. sure that they they know that you care on a very different level. You know I what I mean? Agree. And people are starving for that interaction. I know I was. I tried yeah. to do the work from home bit and I just I couldn't do it. I mean, if I had to sit yeah. in leggings every day for the next year, I just was going to die. I needed but to be yeah, I needed to be around people and collaborate. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree. I think people are just starving in general. Yeah. Well, and it has been nice to be back in person at industry conferences. I will tell you that much, but you said the word collaboration. And so let's go, let's take a step back to culture. Um, And because I think, you know, over at Emerge, you put an emphasis on collaboration, right? And I think it's very important for you to be successful in customer success that you're tying together sales, operations, marketing, finance, right? Right. Um, And everybody's sort of coming together. So do you think that collaboration Collaboration is the future of business, and and how do you see collaboration playing a really big part? I definitely do. I think that a perfect example, we work a lot with different groups here at Emerge. We have a product um, implementation team. We have um, people giving demos to customers, and then eventually Mm -hmm. my team will get involved from the operational standpoint, but it's very important here internally, and our relationships here internally are tied together. And the customer sees that and they love that we have that big of a team. We have people that are uh, tech experts. They're, They're working on, you know, manually building reports that the customer wants to see. And they know that I'm working side by side with them. And they're happy to put us all in the same communication. And I think that customers want to see that we are internally collaborating and that their information is not getting lost in the shuffle. They like to see that everyone, I mean, who would want a team of people working on their business? That's right. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. it really does give that white glove experience to them. Yeah. And how important has it been to your personal journey, collaboration and working within a company or teams that really get that? You know what I mean? It's huge. I, I think, I've learned more in my career in the experience of transportation in the time that I've spent here. And I think it is because I am learning about the ins and outs to all the other parts. And I can, I can think emerge for the fact that I get to be a part of the startup because if maybe they were already figured out, I wouldn't get to come over and and sit for an hour and collaborate with accounting on how we should Um, you know, work through issues on billing. And maybe I wouldn't get to sit with the product side and understand exactly how our platform works. So I definitely feel that we're a part of something bigger here. And I think that's what ultimately brought me here to begin with. Nice. And as a woman, what has your experiences been? I mean, you've been in a few male-dominated industries. You mentioned earlier a thick skin. So what has that looked like for you? Well, I mean, sure, there's there's times where I may have been passed up for a promotion or I might have been, um, 
not acknowledged for an idea or maybe even interrupted in meetings. And I would have to say like my experience from the start, like looking back, you know, because you can look at yourself 10 years ago, what did I think of that type of, of uh, atmosphere? And I would say like, I might've been jaded then and thought, oh, well, it's because I'm a woman, you know, or, you know, they don't want to hear what women have to say, but you know what? I, I think looking back, it was an immature way of thinking. And I think today, like I wouldn't want to use that excuse because ultimately I think we teach people how to treat us. And I think hard work pays off and teamwork also pays off and people will ultimately, um, see you for who you are, not whether you're a woman or a man. And I think my, my background and the other positions I have had have taught me that despite of being a young woman or a young man, I have the opportunity to advocate for myself and get to where I want to be by just being me. Yeah. And, um, I would have to say, like, my experiences in the past, I, I, I feel like there were times that maybe I was overlooked, but that was by women as well. So I would mm-hmm. like to think that and point out that I think a lot of women just need to be better to each other and uplift each other in this industry as well as all over. I think that we can be a little hard on each other as well. Yes. And make, make it what you want it to be. Right. And, and thank you for sharing that because it's always great to get different perspectives as to what that's look like and whether you do feel, um, you know, and it's, it's okay either way, whether you do look back on it and think that maybe that was because I was a woman or maybe just because, you know, it just wasn't right for me or something like that. Everybody has different experiences and it was great that you could share that with us. And so is there anyone in the industry or maybe out of it that you've really looked up to that maybe inspired you personally or professionally, maybe a mentor, or maybe even helped elevate your voice or open doors along the way? So I'd have to say that, you know, when I was in college, um, I went to junior college first. Uh, I went to LCC in Lansing. And I had a professor there that taught a East Asian history class. And he was the one that essentially wrote me a letter of recommendation and uh, introduced me to that Japan studies program that I that I went in 2000. So um, I would have to say that I always look back on that professor as the reason why I have or I am where I am today. I think, you know, if it weren't for that trip and it, it really did open my eyes. And, you know, from there, I kind of was able to go on this fun journey of traveling and, and, you know, moving to a bigger city and all of that played a part in where I am today. I think that there's a lot of people in the different roles and different companies that I've worked for that have been influential, influential, but no one, no one as much as uh, Mr. Shopewest from Lansing Community College. Well, and teachers are so important, yeah. and I'm so glad we're giving a shout out on Let's Talk Supply Chain to a teacher, <laughs> because I don't get that very often, and that is yeah. very, very, very exciting. So uh, what does the future hold for you and for customer success as we, as we continue to manage disruption in supply chain? Oh, well, you know, I think the future will take me where it's supposed to take me. Um, no, I love it. 
Yeah, I, I don't, I just, I think that as long as I'm doing the next best thing and I'm staying true to myself and I, I continue my work ethic and working hard, then I'll continue to be blessed. Uh, I, I definitely love where I'm at now. I'm able to collaborate and uh, coach up other people here in my industry. And um, I feel like I'm helping to influence others and, and that there's nothing more rewarding. I love that. Well, finally then, and I really don't want this to end because I think you and I could talk for a very, very long time. Um, But what is some advice that maybe you would give to maybe some other leaders in supply chain, maybe some girls looking at supply chain as a career, or maybe other women that are just in the space that you would just want to give some advice to? Well, I saw this meme the other day, and I think it's probably because it's, you know, National Women's Month. But it I'm not going to be able to quote it, but I sent it to my, I have a 15 year old stepdaughter. Her birthday's today, actually. Nice. And uh, I sent it to her instantly because I, I really resonated with what it, what the message was. And it was essentially about not going through life, trying to be accommodating and mm-hmm. as convenient as possible and to speak your mind, even if your voice shakes. And I think that that was like really powerful because there's lots of times where I might just be really passionate about a topic or just, you know, to a point where I feel like I'm needing to speak up and I suddenly turn out to be loud or, or my voice will shake and people will think I'm upset. And I just, I hate to hear other younger girls, maybe even within my office that don't want to raise their hand or ask to ask a question or to speak up or um, they feel like maybe what they're going to say is stupid. You know, like I I hate to hear that because I really would love to empower everyone if I could and just to have that big voice and to speak up and don't be worried about how you're perceived as a result. Like just because you're you have a louder voice or you're asking questions or reaching out, it doesn't mean you're difficult to work with or you're, you're perceived as maybe uh, a part of my French, but a bitch or, or someone who's not, not approachable. Um, I want to be able to, to help people have that, that voice and to just know their inner beauty. I, we need way more leaders like you in supply chain. And what a shame to bring, you know, our conversation to the end. I mean, I really enjoyed talking to you. It was fascinating to hear your journey into supply chain, through supply chain, but also dive into some of the wider trends in the industry, like collaboration, diversity, and of course, what you're working towards with customer success. So I hope that's provided some real insight and inspiration for our listeners today. I am pretty sure that it has. And Marty, you you are amazing. Thank you so much for joining me for our Woman in Supply Chain series. Thank you, Sarah. My pleasure. What are your business's supply chain challenges? Too much inventory on hand? Too many disruptions and stockouts? Are there too many steps and touches involved? If you have a vision for improvement, Fastenal can tailor a solution to help you get there. From automated bins that monitor your inventory 24-7 to vending devices that let you control and track the products that keep your business running, Fastenal has the ability and experience to help your supply chain. Go to fastenal.com forward slash LTSC to see how they do it.
Fastenal, where industry meets innovation. If you would like to hear more from us here at Let's Talk Supply Chain, we have plenty more podcasts for you featuring the best and brightest in the industry. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com to check out the latest. And remember, if you have a supply chain challenge and you are looking for a solution, we have most likely had them on our podcast. And it's a really easy way for you to listen and learn what they actually do for their customers to see if it's the right solution for you. So you Use the search button on our website and put in the keywords that you're searching for and all of the content will come up. And remember to come back next week when I'm going to be talking to Workstep all about what they are doing in retaining talent, uh, finding talent, and all the amazing things that they can do to help you in that particular part of supply chain. If you enjoy our podcast, there are a few ways to support the show. You can follow us. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're also over on TikTok. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Let's Talk Supply Chain, and subscribe to our newsletter over at letstalksupplychain.com. We are coming up with so much amazing content, and we've put it all in one place for you in a newsletter that is really easy and digestible. Next, go and visit our blended page over on LinkedIn. We are going to be providing grants to diverse voices so that they can say yes to speaking engagements. A lot of times the barrier is the cost to travel. And so we're going to be able to provide those grants to cover the travel so that we can see a visual change. We can see more diverse voices on industry stages. So go and check that out. If you are a corporation and looking for some external DEI initiatives, email us at listener at letstalksupplychain.com. You can also find some really cool merch and purchase our exclusive supply chain dictionary in our shop at letstalksupplychain.com. Plus, if you want the Supply Chain Dictionary for free, you can go to Let's Talk Supply Chain on Instagram and DM us Talk One. And remember, if you want to be featured on an upcoming episode, remember to go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.